Welcome to the Smiles Matter podcast by Microdental Laboratories. I'm Laura Kelly, and it's my pleasure to host our new series, Comeback Strategies for Today's Dental Practice. I think one of the things I want to encourage people to do from a business strategy, what I've kind of found, man, a lot of good things happen when you're not in a lot of debt. Houston, home of the Star of the South Dental Meeting and the Greater Houston Dental Society, which is the fourth largest society in the United States with over 1,600 member dentists. In the late 19th century, Houston's economy was empowered by industries based in energy, manufacturing, aeronautics, and transportation. Today, Houston is known for being the home of the world's largest concentration of healthcare and research institutions and NASA's Johnson Space Center, where the Mission Control Center is located. One may wonder, is a city with the second most Fortune 500 headquarters in the U.S. exempt from the effects of economic downturns and challenges like the ones that we are all facing today? I am pleased to introduce Dr. Guy Lewis, who has earned a reputation as one of the best cosmetic dentists in the Houston area. He graduated from the Baylor College of Dentistry in Dallas, Texas in 1984. Dr. Lewis co-founded the American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry with other internationally renowned dentists and received a fellowship at the International Academy for Dental Facial Aesthetics. Dr. Lewis was named a top dentist by multiple publications, including Texas Monthly and the Houston Chronicle. He has also created the winning smiles of Olympic gold medalists, TV personalities, actors, models, rock stars, and elected officials. Dr. Lewis served as the official dentist for the Houston Rockets, Houston Astros, and the Houston Arrows, as well as several pageants, including Miss Texas and Miss Hawaiian Tropic. Dr. Lewis enjoys giving back to the community, and he's been involved with many charitable projects during the years, including the AACD's Give Back a Smile program, Wounded Warrior, and medical mission trips to Honduras to perform dental work. Welcome, Dr. Guy Lewis. Thank you for joining today. Well, thanks, Laura. It's always awesome to speak with you. You've been a good friend for many years and I uh, uh, love all the work that you do and all the work you did for American Academy of Cosmetic Dentistry when you served as president and all the different boards and things we were on. And so it's always good to talk with you and thank you for all you do. And this is a great idea to help Dennis out and just kind of talk about some of these things. And I hope I, hope I can help. I started out very young deciding to become a dentist. It was kind of one of those weird things. I uh, I did fairly well in school. And so, you know, relatives and friends and people would always say, so what do you want to do when you grow up? And what do you want to be? And you want to be a doctor or a lawyer or what do you want to do? And so I had, you know, I never really knew. I liked the idea of being some kind of doctor, but I had an aunt who said, well, you ought to think about dentistry. And she had worked in dentistry. She had been a uh, oral surgery assistant for many years. And so she kind of had an idea about dentistry and all the aspects of it. And she says, you know, if you're a regular doctor, you're doing more life and death type stuff all the time. And, uh, and your schedule's not your own and you can't kind of control your hours as much, but dentistry is a profession where you're still a doctor, but at the same time, you, uh, you can have more of a family life and call your own shots and, so that just kind of appealed to me. So I think I just decided, okay, I'll be a dentist, which in in retrospect was in some ways kind of dumb because I didn't really know what a dentist did on a daily basis. I just kind of took it and said, okay, I'm going to take this and run with it. So, you know, the only experience I had with dentistry was really, really going to the dentist myself and um, 
you know, having fillings done or whatever. So I didn't know what the day-to-day life of a dentist was and what they did uh, routinely. And, uh, but I just decided that's what I was going to do. And it wasn't even really until late in my college years after I had decided to major in biology and pre-dentistry and had pretty much dedicated, this is what I'm going to do, that I started doing some internships and some dental offices and really kind of got an idea of what really happened behind the scenes or what the life was like. And so I was glad when I got into dental school and I found that I really enjoyed it because if I hadn't, I'd probably been teaching biology somewhere or something. But even in dental school, I kind of got a passion for the part of dentistry that had more to do with aesthetics. You know, we all like to help people and get them out of pain and uh, things like that. But I noticed when I was doing an ortho rotation and um, just so happens the head of the ortho department, a guy named uh, Dr. Moody, he, uh, he had been uh, the uh, orthodontist in my hometown and he'd gone to Baylor and was uh, Dr. Moody Alexander. And uh, so anyway, uh, you know, I got to spend a little more time in ortho and uh, seeing what it did for people, the, uh, the change it made in their life as far as the uh, self-esteem, the, uh, the way they felt about themselves. And it, it kind of went beyond, you know, getting someone out of pain or even doing something for someone that they may not even be having a problem, but you're doing it preventatively or whatever. And, you know, they're thankful, you know, but when you can change someone's self-esteem and how they feel about themselves and give them more self-confidence. I really like that. So I actually thought about going on to ortho school, but because I was broke and um, my wife and I got married after my freshman year of dental school and she was making about $500 a month. And so we were really rolling in cash, you know, eating a lot of uh, macaroni and cheese and green beans, you know. So um, I decided, well, I can't afford to go to ortho school. So I just get out and start practicing. And, uh, you know, we talk about adversity. So right after I got out and started practicing in 1984, and I came to Houston because that's where she grew up and she uh, wanted to come back here. And I went from coming out and getting a job and, you know, within three months I was unemployed. And so it was it was challenging. Um, But, you know, I got out, you know, uh, Lord works in mysterious ways. Uh, you know, my friend Tony Robbins says, uh, you know, everything that happens, happens for you and not to you. And so um, I think that was so true because, you know, I, at the time it was devastating. And I thought, you know, here I am, just moved down here, had other offers I'd passed up and now I don't even have a job. But so I started, I got out and I started looking for another job. And in the process, I found a doctor who was in the Woodlands, which is where I practice now, who was looking for an associate. And so didn't really know much about the Woodlands or anything, but went up there and started practicing with him. And if that hadn't happened to me, then I wouldn't have been in the place where I am today. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. I believe, you know, I'm a, I'm a man of faith and I, 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 that means a lot to me, but I, I do think sometimes when things get dark and you think, you know, things are bad, that a lot of times there's a silver lining there and you don't realize it right now and you don't realize it during the time. But when I look back on my life and I look back on my dental career and and what's happened to me, I realized that was a key thing that was really a, uh, something that ignited the career that I had. And if it hadn't happened, then who knows where I'd be.
you know. So you got to remain positive. You got to you got to stay uh, focused on what you're doing and uh, just keep plugging away. I think for me, um, you know, we talked about different events that have happened since my career started in 1984. So we had that downturn, which wasn't such a major national downturn, but it was big for Houston because it's dependent on oil a lot. But then in 87, we had the market crash and I just kind of opened my own practice when that happened. And so I was kind of faced in that situation again, but I just kept working and, and, you know, trying to put in the hours I needed to, I think, that is one of the key things is don't, don't get, don't let stuff like that get you down. Just try to keep working as best you can, taking care of people. And I think it, it all works out. And then nine 11 happened uh, in 2001. And ironically, just, you know, it happened in September and in November, I was about to move into a three-story office building I had built. And so I had that going on when that, and so things were kind of slowed down. But again, you know, things got better not too long after all that happened. Yeah, things kind of slowed down for a little bit there, um, but things came back. And then in 2008, when we had all the uh, banking uh, crash and everything, I just bought a very large piece of land a, a month or two before all that happened. And then it happened and uh, I'd done all my due diligence and everything. And my banker, who's a friend of mine, said, well, you know, if something crazy, the only thing that could go wrong is if something crazy happens with, you know, the economy. And sure enough, <laughs> it happened. But I was able to continue and make my payments and keep that going. So fortunately, this time for me on a different note, I, I sold a house and I sold that piece of land that I've been holding for the last 12 years. I sold it three months ago. So good things happened this time <laughs> before the bad things. But I think one of the things I want to encourage people to do from a business strategy and what I've kind of found, man, a lot of good things happen when you, you're not in a lot of debt. So uh, watch your debt situation. I know like, and I'm not talking about student debt so much because I know there's a lot of dentists out there that are just out who has some student debt. And, you know, I think you did that. You did what you had to do to get your degree and but I'm, I'm talking more about, you know, buying, buying the big house, buying the big cars, buying the, you know, getting the big practice thing going and getting to a lot of debt there that you may or may not be able to handle. Because, you know, the lesson I think a lot of people, I mean, this one here with this COVID-19, I think the craziest thing about it is all these things happened at one time that you would never think would happen. The stock market, of course, is always has possibility of going down. But it went down at a simultaneous time, whereas the other events, when those happened, at least I could still keep working. But now, you know, I can't work. In fact, I'm, I'm, I've been off of my practice for a month now, and we've been told here in Texas that we can't practice for another month till the end of April, and hopefully that'll be it. So that's two months. That's one-sixth of the year that I wasn't even able to make a living. So you know, now's a time I think where we have to really be positive and focused and think about, you know, changes we want to make in our, our lifestyle and our practice, but also use this time to do some creative things, uh, do some CE, stay up on your game. Think about, think about 
how you can retool your practice. What is it that you really like? And do you want to focus on things? You know, one of the blessings I had is I started focusing on cosmetics early on. And that's pretty much all I do. And that has been a real, you know, blessing for me as far as not, you know, I do a lot of big full mouth cases. I, I do several a week sometimes. And, and so, you know, it's been a good thing in that it's a higher production type thing. It's also something that I have found that in dentistry, a lot of times people are really willing to do what they want and not always so much willing to do what they need. If they think they need it or they really want it, they're more likely, but if they really want it, they're going to end up getting it done. And cosmetics be like that. You know, all these other tragedies that happened, 87 somewhat, but 9-11 and 2008. And I believe in this tragedy that we're going through now, people want to get back to normal quick. They just mentally want to. And so I think that we're going to have a good turnaround once we've deemed it being safe and that things will come back. So I I don't want people to feel doom and gloom. I really don't think it is. I think ultimately getting a vaccine and stuff will make this just like the flu, you know, and I think go back to normal life. People are going to want to get back. And I don't think this is going to be a real prolonged crisis. Right. You know, I think there's a common theme in in what I hear you're saying is that, you know, remaining positive, remaining focused and keep moving, right? Keep moving towards your goal and your passion. You've got a very established practice. You've got a high-end patient base and I'm sure a very large patient base. Is there anything that you're doing specifically now to stay engaged with your patients during this time or what kind of situations are you hearing, what you're addressing? You know, how do you see coming out of this from a patient standpoint, from your practice? We're trying to be a source of information for our patients. So we are putting out on our website, but also through social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, different things like that. We will put out updates or things that we hear. For example, I've been sending out some uh, things that I'm I'm in a group of uh, really great dentists. We have kind of a uh, study group a dentist all over the nation, you know, Winnicuda, Dean Lauding from Chicago, Winnicuda's from Hawaii, Deborah King, Rod Gore from Arizona, just, you know, a bunch of Tom neighbors from Nashville. And so it's been a good group to be a part of. And, and so we put out things to each other of what's going on. And there was one that came across about uh, different preventative, like, for example, rinsing with salt water. You know, a lot of us were talking about when this first started having our patients rinse with hydrogen peroxide and stuff. And so uh, before we saw them, well, we tell patients that and that's something that could help them. But then this study came out that's talking about rinsing with salt water and how you rinse with salt water every six hours. And, and in your mouth, that turns to kind of a hypochloric type acid that will help kill this virus. Plus, you drink water every 15 to 30 minutes. And if you have the virus in your mouth, that it can wash it down to your stomach and then your stomach acid will help take care of it. And of course, with the other social distancing things, you know, washing your hands away, but just trying to pass those little tips on to patients in the form of videos or just reminders and say, these are things you can do, I think are helpful and reassuring to people. So we've been doing that, trying to be a source of information for patients. And I've published some of that 
on my website. We uh, The other things we've done, and not just this, with this COVID thing, but we make some little videos to kind of let them know what we're doing in the office. Or even I did a kind of a fun video called Taking Care of Business, which is me doing a full mouth case. And it was on time-lapse photography for a whole day. And we used the uh, background music of Taking Care of Business by Bachman Turner Overdrive. And uh, that was a lot of fun, and patients responded to that. But just things to kind of be lighthearted with them, but also, especially now, informing them on things that could be helpful to them and their health. I think patients really appreciate that, and I've got a lot of positive feedback on that. Yeah, that's that's great. It is it is relationship, right? And it's it's healthcare and relationship, which is really important. I, I'm curious to also find out how you see technology coming out of this. Is is there anything that more recently you've embraced when it comes to technology, or anything you're interested or possibly looking to get into, or happy that you're into already because it's just going to help? The 3D X-ray, uh, combing X-ray, we've been using. I think that's really good. We have the, uh, and of course the name of it just slipped my mind, the, uh, the scanner that we use for Invisalign. Um, oh, the Itero? The yeah, Itero, thank you. Uh-huh. I just drew a blank. Uh, the Itero is, you know, very helpful. And the, the things you can do with that are really good besides just scanning from Invisalign. You can do a lot of patient education. Plus, I like to do scans on patients so we can get before and afters of like when I do full mouth cases and show where they were before. And then because I've always liked to have models on those patients and keep those models because you never know when that's going to come in handy. But this way, if I need to, I can print a 3D model, but at least I have a before and after. And, and for continuing, we can show them if, for example, if we have patients that we do full mouths on that are, are not being compliant with their night guard and they're coming back. And one of the things I will see if people are grinding their teeth, of course, is they get separation, they get, you know, contacts are more open between the first and second molars. And so we'll, you know, we'll say, well, this is where you were and this is where you are now. And I believe that's due to a grinding problem. And if you would be wearing your night guard, that would be helping you. But things like that, I think the Itero is really technology. And they also have some things on there where you can actually show uh, where, you know, you have a model from a year ago and then you show them their model now and it can actually track the where that's happening on their, uh, their teeth. And so I think things like that are really good. I have not embraced CAD CAM in my office where we actually make crowns early on when a lot of that was going on. And I'm talking 15, 20 years ago, uh, I got involved in some of that. And I just never felt like it. First of all, it wasn't very aesthetic then. I think things have gotten a lot better now. I just never had gotten to the point to where I felt like it was as good as I could have a lab do. And so I still do everything in my office is all done by lab and uh, still like sending it out, working with labs, and, you know. And so I never really embraced that. So I'm not really into that, which is different. I I know I'm an alumni of Baylor. I was just up there. They just opened a whole new clinic and they've got a whole area, you know, CAD CAM driven dentistry. And I think for people doing single units and stuff like that, you know, I think, I think it's the wave of the future. And I, you know, I, I, I think it's great, but for me in my hands, it just doesn't work for me. Plus I'm sure somebody will challenge me on this when I say this, but I just have not seen CAD CAM generated veneer that looks as good as the things that we can do and have them built by a technician and do it either feldspathic or even if it's Emacs, I just, I just don't 
see that happening chair side for me because I just don't think the aesthetics are as good as what you guys can produce, you know. Anyway, that's that's kind of where I am. No, this is good information. I think you're sharing you're sharing so much that, you know, someone who hasn't been in practice as long as you is it can really benefit, you know, from your experience and and have that inspiration, that hope, that uh, level of patient engagement and just positivity and and moving forward and it you know, you definitely found your passion and and cosmetic dentistry being involved so early on and and just really loving what you do. I know that uh, we're going to get past this hurdle, you know, that we all have right now and and get on the other side of it. And just can't thank you enough for for taking some time out and really sharing your perspective and some of the things that you've learned that people can use. So just thank you again. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it, Dr. Lewis. It's my pleasure, Laura. I'll do anything for you and I appreciate you and all y'all are doing at uh, Microdental and I think this is uh, this is great that you're doing this oh, well, and you. if anybody has any questions or whatever they're free to contact me I'll be happy to uh, help them out any way I can oh, thank you stay healthy stay safe and uh, stay connected okay alright thanks Laura alright have a good one thank you you too alright bye bye you've been listening to the Smiles Matter podcast created by Microdental and Modern Dental Laboratories. For more information, you can go to our website, www.microdental.com slash smilesmatterpodcast, or find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are available. Thank you for listening, because we believe that smiles matter.